What is up, everybody? Back with our podcast today. Um, I just want to talk about some Wolves topics and the Milwaukee Bucks just won the NBA championship. So I feel like I have to review that whole series and just talk about them winning the championship in general because that's a massive achievement. Uh, but yeah, we got some interesting Wolf topics to talk about and the NBA draft is coming up. So let's break into this podcast. The biggest rumor spewing around Timberwolves Nation currently is the Timberwolves are pursuing for Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari is a talented offensive forward, but he does have his questions defensively. If the Wolves did, did end up trade for him, he would probably be that power forward type guy. Um, his contract for next year, it's kind of big, $20 million. And the year after that, it's $21 million. I'm not too worried about his contract. That second year, I've heard that it can be more of a voidable year where he could maybe only make $5 million, but that's kind of a situation I don't have too much knowledge on. Uh, he played great defense in the playoffs, though. Held opponents to a sub uh, fifty, I mean, forty-five percent field goal percentage, which for a big man is really good in my opinion. But I would rather get a few other guys in this free agency class or just via trade than him. Like I would rather target a guy like Ben Simmons or Miles Turner or John Collins. I think those guys bring more to the table what we need. And I think if your team that's acquiring Daniel Gallinari. You're a team who's kind of looking to jump in the playoffs from like a sixth seed to a four seed. He just doesn't make too much sense in this team right now. I mean, his contract's pretty big, but I don't really know too many pieces I'd be willing to give up. I don't think I would want to give up Malik Beasley for him. I think Malik Beasley is somebody that we would need more offensively, and they're not too much, they're not extremely different defensively. They both have their struggles. Um, so I would rather target a few other guys. But I wouldn't be completely mad if we ended up getting him, like if he was like the last route, last destination, maybe we get something else along with him. That would be pretty cool. But that's just the top room that's going around Timberwolves Nation right now. And we got some exciting stuff coming up. The Olympics are about to start up. I believe they open tomorrow, uh, thus that's Friday. And then the, you know, every all the basketball stuff starts up on the 25th, which is Sunday, USA opens up their stuff uh, against France on Sunday the 25th. And Nigeria and Josh Kogi play against Australia on Sunday also. And then Ricky Rubio and Balmaro play the next day on Monday. Argentina with Balmaro will go play against Sol- Slovenia. And Spain will play against Japan with Ricky Rubio. And then the first matchup that I found, or actually the only head-to-head in, you know, in-pool matchup, with players from the Timberwolves is Argentina versus Spain on the 29th. Ricky Rubio and Leandro Balmaro will face off in the Olympics. Um, And then starting in August, teams will break out of their pools and the best teams will be going for the high medals. So we'll see who ends up going there. But USA, they got a tough game against France right away against Rudy Gobert and then guys like Evan Fournier and a lot of, you know, top guys in the NBA. I don't think the team is nearly as talented as the USA squad, but it's one of the better teams in the Olympics and they have had struggles with them before. So that should be a pretty interesting game to see who wins. Um, Yeah, I I would assume USA still takes that, but it should overall be an interesting game. And I'm interested to see how Argentina plays with Balmaro. There was one game where Balmaro seemed to get a good amount of playing time. That's a game where he played really well. Nice 10 point game for him. And then the other two exhibition matches, he didn't seem to get too much playing time. 
which was weird because I always thought he was a good player on the team. Um, but that's just one of those teams that doesn't really play their young guys as much, and they go with the more experienced veteran lineups, which makes sense, honestly, for the Olympics. You're going to want your more experienced guys in there, you know, which, yeah, it makes sense why they would do that. But that's if the Olympics talk, and now let's get into the last Timberwolves-related topic of the day. The NBA draft is coming right around the corner. Um, Wolves trade rumors I do expect to start heating up, to heat up. There are multiple players on the roster, a guy like Jared Culver, that we could trade in and swap him in for a pick, which is I that's probably something the Timberwolves want to do. And it's something I honestly expect us to do. Um, I would love to trade Jared Culver to a team that's willing to give us a second round pick. It would just it would be really awesome to get a second round pick in this year's class and maybe even try to get a first rounder. I just really want a draft pick overall. I think this class is really talented. And I like the idea of bringing in a new guy, which unfortunately sucks that we'd have to trade a guy like Jared Culver because he obviously didn't really work out as he was the sixth overall pick in 2019. So that kind of sucks that he didn't really work out. But I really believe Rosas and Finch both want picks. Finch has said that he's ready to get a pick. Um, I just, I think he wants one. And I mean, plus the upside of trading Jared Culver, he that would dump. $6 million off the cap space in the books for the next year. And and I don't think that would do it for the next year after that, though, because we, he has a team option in 2022, and there's no way the Timberwolves accept that for like $7 million or whatever. So just for this year, if we trade him just for a second-round pick, it would take $6 million off the books, which is beneficial to us. Um, there's no way we trade a guy like Juancho, though. He's injured, so you can't really trade him. Nobody's going to want to take an injured player, and plus I don't think you can trade injured players like that. So he'll be on the roster. But it is encouraging to see Juancho um, not in a cast or just like an arm sling um, during these team pictures for Spain. And after Spain played USA, he was high-fiving people without anything protection-wise. So I don't know if he'll have surgery or not, but it looks like he got a less severe version of that shoulder injury. Um, I still do expect him to miss some season with that injury, but it shouldn't be as bad. Like the max he could have missed was six months. And if he would have had that six month surgery, which I kind of feel like he's not going to have, he would have missed probably three months of basketball. I would assume. Yeah, probably around three months. So that would have sucked. Even though he's not the most impactful player, he's still a really solid guy off the bench that we need for shooting like shooting purposes, I guess you could say. So yeah, that's a little Olympics talk. And yeah, I'm excited for the Olympics. Super excited for the Olympics. That's going to start up soon. I'm pretty sure everything will be on TV for us to watch. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Um, but as long as it's on TV, I'm good. I would love to watch all these games. And now last segment of the day. We got some NBA Finals talk. Sorry, this is a little bit of a shorter podcast. Probably only going to end up being like 15 minutes. Um, I'm The reason why I'm doing one this early is because I'm trying to put out one more before the NBA draft. I'm going to be doing a bunch of draft stuff on that podcast, hopefully. So that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast today. And I'm going to wait. My, I might post it like a day before, or maybe on the 28th. My plan right now would probably be I'll post a podcast on the 28th a day before the draft. So look out for that. 
So some of these NBA finals, the Bucks won their won the championship first time in 50 years. They've won the championship. Just an insane achievement for them. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo won the finals MVP as he definitely deserved. Um, I don't think it was even possible to make a case for a guy like Chris Milton to win that award. Giannis was just so consistent throughout the whole playoffs and the series. He was phenomenal. Like going into these playoffs, the question was for Giannis, can he elevate himself in the playoffs? And that was kind of the big thing that was lacking for him. And that's what, like people weren't as high on him as they should have been, and including me. I was like, I got to see this dude elevate himself in the playoffs. And he and he proved that he could. So that's pretty big for him and his legacy. Um, But speaking of legacy, we got to talk about Chris Paul now after that. Chris Paul, he was looking to earn his first ring. This was his first finals appearance. He is 36 years old, I believe. I could look it up quick. I He's got to be around that range. So he's coming to the end of his career, obviously. Um, So this was... Probably, yeah, he's 36 years old. This is probably the best chance Chris Paul would ever have had to win a championship because next year the healthy Lakers are going to be back. The Clippers are going to be hurt, so that is one team. I know Kawhi is going to miss some time. Um, he'll probably be back by the playoffs, though. I mean, we're just assuming Kawhi signed with the Clippers. I don't see a reason why Kawhi would leave the Clippers, to be honest with you. Like, they literally won a playoff series without him, and if he was healthy during the conference finals, they would have been in the NBA finals. Um so we'll see what happens there. But the Suns lost four straight games in the finals. They went up 2-0. And then Milwaukee and like Milwaukee had to win both those games at home. And they did. So they tied it up 2-2. And there was a massive pivotal game five in Phoenix. A lot of people were betting on the Suns to win that game. But the Bucks took it out. I was kind of shocked that they won that game in Phoenix. I didn't really think a team would win a game on the road in the series because of how massive home court advantage was and. I mean, Giannis especially, his, his free throw shooting was a lot worse on the road. I'm sure the Bucks as a whole had much worse free throw statistics because of the pressure that's on them with the opposing crowd yelling at them. Um, but yeah, it's pretty bad for CP3 that he had to lose this series. He didn't really play up to expectation, in my opinion. That first game of the playoffs, I mean, the first game of the finals, phenomenal. If he would have played just a little bit worse than that, the rest of the time, it would have been fantastic, and the Suns probably would have won the championship. But he didn't. He struggled. Um, he didn't play like he should have. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. But enough talk on CB3. Let's talk about Drew Holiday. He was pretty inconsistent on offense. He had one really big game. I believe it was like 27-point game, game five in Phoenix. That was massive. If he didn't do that, um, they probably would have lost that game. Like, he was just so impactful but game six he was really bad like four of 19 from the field but overall his defense was always consistent he had some games where he just completely shut down Devin Booker and when he wasn't guarding Devin Booker he was a guarding a guy like Chris Paul so overall he was very impactful throughout the series but his offense was kind of inconsistent speaking of Devin Booker he had some elite games back-to-back 40 point games um his offense in game six wasn't the best, but his defense was insane. He was completely shutting down Chris Middleton in that game six. Like, it was insane how I, I've never seen better defense from Devin Booker. He really stepped up on the defensive end. Even with the offensive struggles, I would still consider that a good game because of the way he took Chris Middleton out of the game. Like, offensively, he wasn't terrible. I think he still scored around 20 points. 
Um, but defensively, he was just on our level in that game. And then Bobby Portis is kind of like the last player I want to touch on. He was pretty impactful during these playoffs. It took the Bucks a little bit in that Nets series to start playing him more, but he was just this massive energy and big grit guy. He's brought so much energy to the Bucks crowd, and there's no way, in my opinion, I see him leaving this team in the offseason. He has a player option. I'm assuming he's going to decline that player option because it's only like $3 million. Um, I think he deserves a lot more money than that, more like $10, $12 million a year, and I think the Bucks would definitely love to give him that money. Um, but he was just that player that gave him the edge in a lot of games. Very impactful. I mean, just the energy he brought, like I was saying before, was insane. And he was my top target for the Timberwolves to get. Um, there's no way we get him now. The Bucks love him too much, and I know he said it many times that going to Milwaukee was the best decision he's ever made. So, or the best thing that's ever happened to him. So yeah, there's no way he leaves. It's a they both love each other on each side. So yeah, that's a yeah, big congratulations to him though. That was massive. That I did that. But that wraps up this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I'll have another one dropping hopefully in six days on the 28th. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Go Wolves.